Welcome to the Inexplicable Thoughts Podcast. This is your host, Franklin. Today, I'm joined by my boy, Anthony Turk. How you doing, Anthony? Good. Thanks for having me, Frank. Not too bad. Pretty pumped to have you on here. You know, promote your brand, talk some shit. A little um, bit, a little bit. So which tweet did you say you found that I was at? Uh, dude, I don't know. I'm trying to pull up your Twitter, but you've just been ranting and rave. The Lizzo ones have had me dead. Dude, Lizzo is just, she's great when it comes to like, she's very entertaining. Um, I think she's got a great image and like, I love her as a person, but for the love of God, she is such an industry plant and they're forcing her on us. And it's like, I don't care enough to like ignore it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't care enough to care about it. And it's like, I don't want to say anything, but at the same time, it's like, fam, I see her on my timeline like four times a day and I'm like, I'm over it. And then you also have people who are like, well, Cardi B was a plant. And I'm like, Cardi B was an original, like she was way different for the game than Lizzo like Cardi B was like from the streets of New York like she yeah. was a stripper like people like knew her yeah. in, in the city beforehand but Lizzo like, is just like <laughs> Lizzo came out of nowhere and like the thing that pisses me off about Lizzo is that um she essentially has been getting a lot of rules like rewritten for her which I don't get like no offense the whole like Grammy nomination thing for me it's like how do you allow a project from two years ago to be considered in this year's Grammy? Yeah. But then DaBaby's yeah, mixtape from this year isn't counted because it was a mixtape and he's not a new artist. Like, yeah, that's, uh, I don't agree with that at all. So that's, uh, but no. The Grammys are all messed up this year, especially. Like, like, I'm a huge fan of Billie Eilish. I love everything that she does, like everything about her. But how she has six nomination i think it is and tyler the creator has one is ridiculous she's a lot of nominations i also don't think like for billy Eilish being that young like i respect her and everything but i just can't get into her music at all it's good i like i like it but just i don't know for her to get six when tyler was literally the what was he the first person to like produce his whole album and orchestrate it and have it go number one did everything did everything I mean, granted, I'm also extremely biased because I'm a huge Tyler fan. But it's like, when you break a record like that, I feel like it should warrant a little bit more recognition. True. But to each his own. To each his own. How have you been lately? Good. Busy, man. Between Now I got a screen printing business. I got, you know, Nuisance, obviously, my clothing line. And then... Plug that shit. <laughs> yeah, plug that shit, you know. I do have a tight little clothing line that if ever, anyone wants to check out on Instagram, it's Nuisance Attire. I just dropped some tight uh, puff print hoodies, some uh, eco-friendly ones, talking about Stop Killing Earth. <laughs> I think a lot of people might like. But uh, no, I've just been busy between that and school and work, man. I'm all over the place. You still a nursing major or do you switch? Nah, you know, failing uh, three classes kind of did it for me. <laughs> I failed, I, well, I failed three classes. I'm like, I don't want to retake this. Like, one, I don't like it anymore. Like, I got into the actual classes. I didn't like it. Failed three. I knew I probably wouldn't pass the second time. And then, you know, my boss, you know, I worked for Tim Busy. He was like, so let me get this straight. You know, you got a, you got a clothing line. You know, you're always selling shoes and stuff. He's like, and you're going for nursing? Like, doesn't make sense. He's like, you, he's like check out marketing. And, you know, it's been great because now I have an actual business. And uh, you're learning how to better market your business. Yeah, exactly. No, I respect uh, that. Yeah, um, it's all working out. You watching any of the games today? I mean, the Browns were pretty, pretty bit, pretty bad. Um, I, I did barely watch the Browns because you know what? It's like we're not going to the playoffs. Odell's 
you know, he's probably leaving us. It's just like, it didn't even feel like a game day. Like, when we were in the playoff hunt, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, it's Sunday. Brown's got a chance to, like, you Make know, be something of this. Yeah, and it's just like, and it's the Steelers just keep hanging around and beating teams. And it sucks because I talk so much shit on my dad. Diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I told him, like, his team's dead. You lose Antonio Brown. You lose Le'Veon Bell. Ben, Big Ben's hurt. They're on their four-string quarterback because this guy was on the practice squad at one point. And I'm like, you guys are dead. No way. It's a new regime. And the Browns just, in classic Browns fashion, just ripped our heart out. So that's how I felt about the Browns. Didn't watch them. And other NFL games, I, just, I could care less. I didn't make any bets this week. so Fam. My Patriots are losing 20-7 to right now. I could not bear to watch the Browns game earlier. All of my fantasy football teams, except for like maybe two, are like killing me. I am in the mood to get so toxic on this podcast and just vent for a <laughs> second. So let's get straight into this shit. Um, something that we've been meaning to talk about for a while. Um, it's actually something that people have actually asked me to talk about in the past. Especially a lot of CSU people. Um, shout out my girl, Rye. I know she wants to talk about mental health soon, but she also wanted me to talk about hookup culture since she knows I have some interesting perspectives on that conversation. Um, I think that it's definitely something people are of our generation need to conversate about more. Um, I think that people kind of look at it in a negative view, and I don't think that's the best way of handling to, to that situation. Um, so I'm going to actually... Just first and primary, like, what's your opinion on hookup culture? Like, especially, like, living in Cleveland and, like, doing what I've done in the past in talking to Cleveland girls. Um, yeah, I think that what you said, going off what you said, people kind of, I don't want to say like frown upon it, but look at it the wrong way. Um, I think that the issue some people have is that either one side is just not completely transparent about what they want. I mean, I can't really talk from a girl's perspective, but I know a lot of times when a guy is in a, per se, like a hookup with a girl or like a friends with benefit, it's usually that one side is uh, kind of like misled. Because I know a lot of guys will be like, oh, we're working towards a relationship or something like that. And kind of, you know, once you guys have sex, then it's kind of like, all right, then the guy kind of starts getting cold feet and, oh, I don't think things are going to work. I think that's, uh, I mean... I can only talk about Cleveland, but I feel like there's not a lot of transparency in uh, what goes on. I feel like someone's usually lying to the other side, and both sides don't mutually agree on just, like, hooking up. No, a thousand percent. I think that one of the biggest problems is that our generation is, uh, well, let me just preface this statement. I think the biggest problem with hookup culture and why it's so negatively viewed upon is because of the perception of how communication works within hookup culture. And, you know, a lot of women don't want to be hurt because they're like, I don't want to get let on. A lot of dudes are like, well, I don't want to commit to something because I think that a lot of dudes are actually afraid of commitment in the sense that they're afraid of getting hurt while they're in love. Because as a man who's been hurt while in love with someone, fuck that shit. It sucks. Like, there's a reason why I've always said I am more afraid of the women in my life than I am of the men in my life for two reasons. One, I can fight a dude. If a dude fucks me over, <laughs> like, my hands work. I keep saying that a lot lately just to remind people. My hands work. Like, they are ready to go whenever and whoever needs them. But you, I'm, not, I'm never going to, like, I think that's, that's part of the reason why I hate, like, domestic violence. Because, like, I, as a man, could never physically put my hands on a woman. And I think it's so weird that dudes do that. And then, yeah. two, 
having like been raised by like a strong mother and having like my grandma and my sisters in my life, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that like there's only like a handful of people in my life that could hurt me and all of them are women. And I'm not talking about like my mom or my sister or my grandma ever hurting me. But like the only times I've ever felt like true raw emotions that like I didn't know what to do with were when I was involved with women that I really cared about. And it's like I'm openly able to admit I'm afraid of going back to that place. Like I don't think there's a problem with me admitting that. I think that mm-hmm. me addressing that would be a much bigger topic of conversation. But I think right. that the fact that that's a concern of mine is a legitimate thing and I don't think I should be faulted for it. That's just my opinion. But I think that with communication, you know, people have their own sense of conniptions about why or why not to get into a relationship or why or why not to get into commitment. I think that that goes into why there's such a problem within hookup culture with communication. And I think the best thing I learned this year is that, and I thoroughly believe this, a lot of people think they're having a conversation or they're communicating or they're talking to someone, but Mm -hmm. really they're just saying shit. And that is like the most truthful thing I've ever heard because it's like sometimes you just listen to someone talk and they're like, you're like, what did any of that mean? Like you're literally just saying shit. And people get that confused because it's like you can make a point, you can make an argument, you can make, you know, a, a great statement. But like if you're not really saying anything, you're just saying shit. And I think that a lot of people just go into conversations or go into interactions with other people and they just say shit rather than really talking. And I think that like that's very relatable, especially since I started my own podcast, is that a lot of people. I know, I know, especially since you've seen my social media, like a lot of people would be like, dude, let me on your podcast. Like, I want to talk. I want to talk. And I'm like, I'm very cautious about who I let on my podcast because it's like, right. Yeah. A lot of people can say shit, but to like actually talk is a completely different train of thought because yeah, it's like deep dive into stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you have to be able to develop, you know, what your thoughts are, what you're trying to like point out to people, what you're trying to convey to the person listening. It's not just, you know, come on my podcast and rant or like, come on a podcast and say whatever's on your mind it's like no like we're trying to have a dialogue we're trying to like move things along like there is a beginning and an end to a conversation and i think that a lot of people in their personal lives when it comes to the women and men they're hooking up with they have a problem with properly progressing you know their train of thought or like their ability to communicate and it's like if you focused more on what you're saying and how you're trying to get the point across i think that you would have a lot better chances of being in successful interactions with people and i think that goes from just being able to tell the other person like hey this is what i'm looking for like i yes thank you dude like i have no problem with like i always get this so like i'm gonna go from like both sides so i never want to speak on behalf of a woman because i'm not a woman so when i say this it's just based on the you know interactions i've had with the women in my life that are friends or people i've hooked up with and the biggest thing i noticed from women is like well, I didn't really know what to tell him that I wanted. And it's like, what do you mean? And it's like, I didn't really want to like tell him to hook up with me because then that's all he's going to be thinking I'm interested in. And it's like, no, I want to hook up, but I also want to like develop a relationship. And I'm like, so why don't you say that? And they'll be like, well, I didn't want to say that because then he's just going to want to fuck. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like if you're, <laughs> if you're not capable of telling the other person like, hey, I'm a normal human being that wants to have sex, but also has the interest of developing emotions and feelings with you. Could we potentially, you know, look into that or like work towards that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're essentially setting yourself up for failure by essentially right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, you're not really doing yourself justice by, you know, just being reserved and limited. 
And then from a guy's perspective, it's like, well, let me let me phrase this properly. A lot of dudes aren't shit, and we can admit a lot of dudes aren't shit. Like, yeah, most men are shitty. Like, we can all like consensively like come to a conclusion that like there's dudes out there who abuse women, hit women, you know, spread STDs, do some really fucked up shit. And so, um, one of the things that we kind of like trying to fight against is the stigma that all we're interested in with women is to just fuck them. But it's like, if all you're going for with that girl is to have sex, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to a chick. Like, I'm just gonna be like, listen, like, I'm not that interested in you. Think you're attractive. Totally be interested yeah. in having sex with you. Would you be interested? Like, that's, I, I think that that should be a more common conversation to happen rather than being afraid of addressing what you need out of a situation because you would never do that with a friend but you would right you would do that with someone that you're romantically involved with and i think that's like a completely different train of thought than what people are used to right i mean you might hurt the person you tell that to might be angry at first because that might just be their initial reaction but i mean at the end of the day they're going to respect you more that you were straightforward with it you told them what you wanted you didn't lead them on you weren't like you know trying to have sex but kind of like yeah, like mis mis I don't know, like misguide them. So I mean, I mean, I've done that a handful of times where it's been where I've been talking to a girl and realized that hey, like I don't want a relationship, but at the same time, like I'm physically attracted and would be interested in that. And I told them, and some of them were angry and kind of just left it at that. But some of them were like, okay, they were upset, but then they realized, hey, you know what? Like this might not be a bad scenario, and we're cool with it. And I just feel like a lot of people are just afraid of hurting the other person when if you lie to them you're gonna end up hurting them in in the end regardless but i mean people are just not they're too afraid to bring that up and i think more people should be willing to just be completely honest see my biggest problem lately is that i think that and i actually got called out for this on twitter so it's funny that we talked about twitter earlier (laughs) but i had a tweet where i was like my biggest takeaways from 2019 are um, my biggest takeaways from dating in 2019 are that um, women don't like honestly honesty or being told no. And then uh, what was the other one? It was so funny. I got to find this on Twitter. I was dying. Like people were like coming in my mentions and I was like, listen, I really don't give a fuck. Like I've dealt with plenty of women this year that I'm like emotionally aren't the most evolved people in the world. And I think it had something to do with like them being able to explain their feelings. But I know, like, my friend Sam, like, called me out. She's like, you need to talk to more mature women. And I'm like, (sighs) but, like, when you go through, like, 30 dates in a year, it's like, listen, like, there just aren't that many mature women out there. Just, like, there aren't that many mature men out there. And we kind of just have to accept the facts that, like, some of these general, like, generalizations aren't that great. Oh, yeah. So I said three days ago, (laughs) hot take, biggest dating lessons I had in 2019. Women don't know how to communicate emotions properly. Facts, something we'll discuss later on this podcast. Nor do they accept no as a legitimate answer. Facts. Because um, I've just like noticed lately that if you're honest, like just like you said, if you're honest about the fact that you just want sex, like you're viewed as a villain and then you're like betraying their trust. Right. And then when you're honest about the fact that like, one of the things I have difficulty right now is approaching situations with women in which I'm, and I can openly admit as a man, I'm not the best at describing my emotions towards people because i don't want to offend anyone's feelings which is it's it's a good thing to be conscious of the other person's feelings because that means you're a morally sound person and you're actually conscientious about the people around you and aren't just like going around fucking people over 
But at the same, yeah. at the same time, like you're doing the other person a service by being honest with herself and broaching that conversation with that other person. But the current dilemma I'm having right now, right now is that like, and I don't know why this is like a, such a common thing. Cause I know I do understand to an extent that like people don't want to waste their time and they want to get fucked over, but like being able to tell the person you're talking to or hanging out with it, like, Hey, like you're not the only person I'm like talking to right now, but it's also like, they expect you to be like solely focused on them. And it's like, listen, we are tw- in our early 20s like exactly I've, I've i've known you for three weeks if that um what why would you rationally expect me to essentially commit hardcore to you as a person and it's not even like the fact that you wouldn't it's the fact that you're expected that early or that it's wrong of you to consider your options like i would never ask a woman to cut other dudes off while like being involved with me because it's just like you know, we could have you having a great time, but it's like if there's a dude out there that you're, you know, you're also talking to or you like also bump into, and he's having an ag- amazing time with you, it's like you owe yourself the opportunity to like investigate both those situations as long as you're being responsible about it. It's like as long as you're transparent about things, like things will work out, things will figure itself out. Like you go to a restaurant and it's like you look down the list and you're like, oh, like I might get the burger, I might get steak, and you kind of try things out like as you go, and it's like once you figure out what's yours, you kind of pick that. But it's like, we're expected to like, after like two dates, be like, oh, like, I'm totally going to date this chick. I'm totally committed to this chick. I'm yeah, like, I'm, ta- I'm talking to someone like, sorry, l- let me cut everyone off. And it's like, I mean, you've been talking a lot of times, like you said, like three weeks, like you've maybe, yeah, you may even known that person for three weeks. And it's like, I don't know, like you said, we're in our early 20s. It's, I mean, there's obviously like no rush to get stuff done. But like, at the same time, like, you don't necessarily have all the time in the world. So if you just keep going like one person a month doesn't work out, one person a month doesn't work out. I mean, you're kind of, I don't want to say limiting yourself, but like you said, it's like you shouldn't have to be solely exclusive after like a week with someone. Like fam, but, I, I won't even introduce a trick to my friends until like month two. Like I got to know like I'm actually like legit about it, about it before I'm like, you can yeah. see, see the homies. And then it takes me, like, another two to three months for me to be like, oh, so, like, just so you know, like, I want you to be my girlfriend. Like, my ex and I, we talked for, like, part of the summer and almost the entirety of the fall. It was, like, end of November almost by the time I asked her out to be my girlfriend. And everyone was like, why'd you wait so long? And I was like, listen, motherfuckers, like, a lot of our friends' friendships and our our relationships fail because we just rush into these situations head first. And then yep. we, we get fucked over eight months into it. And it's like, I'm not wasting eight months by something just happened to me yep dude like literally like i i'd rather save myself the time down the line than early up front and it's like there's a like rhyme and reason to doing certain things like i don't have the best practices or policies about how i date but i know that when it comes to like what i'm comfortable with and what i'm able to accept in my life it's like i'm gonna figure that out in like a three to five month period because it's like that first month may be fire with that other person but listen, like that person might have had an amazing month and gone through so much good shit that month. So he's having he or she's having a great time the month to be able to show you a great time. But like, say something happens at work and like they go through a rough patch. It's like that could happen in month two or three, and you don't know how they take you know rough patches, and that might you know affect your relationship. And now you're four months in a relationship, and the last two months this person's been a piece of shit to you because it's like they've been having a rough two months. But it's like you feel obligated to stay because. You know, you, you put that title on that person, you introduce them to family, you introduce them to friends, and now your friends are like, why are you jumping from relationship to relationship? But it's like, if you get some like a three to five month like probationary period, and I don't even want to use the word probationary period because it sounds really weird, 
But it's like you give someone three to five months to like figure out like how they fit in your life. Are they making you better as a person? Are you able to put up with them at their highs and their lows? And people will look at me wrong for saying put up with them. But at the end of the day, you being in a relationship is about cohesion and the ability to accept each other in each other's lives. And I'm not able to do that in a short amount of time because it's like I have to see that person in different situations to understand who they are as a person. Like I need to see you drunk. Like that's a huge thing for me. Like we got to go out one time together in that first five months because I need to see like I hate the sloppy drunks. I hate the weird geeked out yeah. drunks. Like you get a different way when you're drunk than when when you're like right. Are you obnoxious? Are you laid back? You know, can you can you control yourself? Can you hold your uh, hold your liquor per se? Because I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely huge. Because, I mean, we're in our early 20s, and, we're, I mean, we're going to go out. We're going to go to a party. We're going to have drinks. And nobody, you don't want to talk to a person who's just going to get absolutely annihilated and embarrass both of you. Because if you're in a relationship, you know, you're a visual rep- representation of each other. And, yeah, I think that's an extremely, extremely important part that you brought up. You are a reflection of who you date. That's always how I've looked at it. Like, if I'm involved with a woman, I... Like I, I move in a way that like I'm a representation of her and she's a representation of me. Like it's always like goes back to the saying that like your girl's your right hand or your rib. Like they're a part of you. So like you're going to make sure that you make them look good and they make you look good. And then kind of based off what you're saying, it's like, you know, people just don't understand like how to approach that. It's like we have an obligation to like vet the person we're involved with and I'm not going to do that willy nilly. And the other thing I always look at is like there are certain things for me. And I know that everyone has different, you know, thoughts on what they don't want the other person doing and doing. And it's like, you can't tell the other person what to do, but there's also so much you can like allow in your life. Like I personally, like I've always said to myself, I don't have a problem with someone who like regularly smokes. Like, I think I, I know a couple of people who are like, oh, I would never let my girlfriend smoke or I'd never let my boyfriend smoke. And I'm like, I really don't care. Like, I think weed's cool. Like, I don't personally smoke, but I'm not going to really, like, be mad about another person doing that around me. Right. It's, but, I mean, it's, it's so commonplace now, yeah. Yeah. But there's also a difference where it's like, all right, every time I snap you, you're high as fuck. It's like, that's a problem for me because it's like, if I'm going to hang out with you, I don't want you to always be high around me because then I think you're dependent on weed or you, you, you can't function without it. Or, like, I've seen people with, like, huge, like, dependency issues on it and it's like oh like no i don't but it's like sometimes i ask people i'm like yo when's the last time you didn't go a day without smoking and they're like uh yeah they freeze up and frank you the past like 15 minutes you've said so much stuff that was relatable especially when you brought up the smoking part because i so i i dated a girl for i mean i'm sure we'll end up getting on this topic a little bit later like it was like two days but we talked for about a month and a like a month and a half but it was and obviously like not a, hand, a lot of people know who it is, so like I feel fine talking about this. But it was like every single day was smoking weed, and like I have no issue with, with someone smoking weed. I mean, everyone does it. Yeah. I mean, it'd it's be just ho- so, it'd- it's so widespread. But at the same time, it's just like geez, like like it's nonstop. It's like I don't know. It's like the, like dependence. I don't. Yeah, like dependency. It's like dead ass, and it's like people people are like you can't really tell people they can't smoke every day, and I was like. I always bring up the same exact situation to someone. I was like, so if you saw a Snapchat of one of your friends drinking three beers every night for the, a month straight, you wouldn't say that's a problem. And they're like, well, I mean, drinking's different. And I'm like, no, they're both substances. Like, the biggest argument about weed is that it's a homegrown or like organic grown um, drug. But like, they always argue like people can legally drink alcohol or like people can legally smoke cigarettes. And I'm like, all right. 
So if we're treating them on the same way, if you would look at someone negatively about drinking a beer or drinking a couple beers every night, every day for a month straight, and you're not doing the same thing about weed, I think that there's a double standard in that result. Like, oh, you can't die from weed. And it's like, that's cool. But like, also like, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to be around someone. I'm not going to be in that environment where like, I feel like an inconvenience because all this person does is want to smoke when I'm around them or like all they do when they're not around me is smoke. It's like, I just think that it's weird. Like it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like you've been in that situation, but like, it's an uncomfortable feeling like being around someone who constantly has like a habit that really isn't that necessary, like in your life. Like I shouldn't be worried about like what's going on or what's happening or what what's yeah. being involved in that situation. And like, I, I'm sure for anyone who's listening right now, who's like, has been in that situation, they can relate to what I'm saying. And anyone who like does smoke a lot, it might not make sense to you. But like, I honestly think the only time you can really be understanding of what we're talking about is like, if you've been in that situation, you're like, all right, well, like I get it. But at the same time, it's like mad annoying. It's like, you don't have to smoke. It's extremely annoying. Like, like when you, when you text someone and it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to my friends to smoke. And then a little bit later that day, like, Oh, like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm smoking with my friends. Like, it's just, I mean, I don't have an issue with them, like, necessarily smoking that much. It's just it's more weird. Anno- yeah, it's, it's annoying. annoying. It's weird and annoying. It's like, why do you need to do this so so often? I don't know. And it's it's just, it's, I like, I, I don't think I can explain it any better. Um, I think I did, like, an eh kind of, like, mesh job on explaining it right now. But, like, you understand, and I'm sure someone out there listening right now understands You have this. to experience it. But it's just a fucking frustrating, dude. And then, like, I've had conversations with women that are, like, are like that, and I'm like, do you ever think about the fact that, like, oh, this is a great one. Um, hooking up with someone who they have the innate response to handle every emotional or stressful situation with either smoking or drinking. Yeah, that's yeah, I've which, definitely dealt with some people like that, and it's just, which is toxic. Uh, yeah, it's it's toxic. I mean, I mean, not necessarily someone I talk to, but just I I hate seeing people post on Instagram or on Twitter saying, "Oh, I can't wait for work to be over so I can go home and smoke a blunt." It's just like, fam, <laughs> like, like why? You, like I just, I mean, granted, like I've never been hooked on it. Like I, it's just you know, like I don't like. I don't smoke, so, like, I'm not in their foots. Like, I can't place myself in their position, but it's just, from the outside looking in, it's very confusing as to, like, how every inconvenience, you're just like, fuck, I need to smoke. Or, like, every part of your day revolves around smoking. Like, oh, I cannot wait to get off work, or, like, I can't wait to leave this event, or, you know, you have, like, a certain time during the day where, like, oh, I'm totally gonna smoke and rip this bong, and it's like, fam, like, do other things like we have other enjoyments in life other than smoking which is why i totally think that you can have a dependency or an addiction to weed i think that a lot of people don't think they have an addiction but it's like yo fam like if you have this in your life and this is a consistent factor in your life there is something trending towards there being a correlation between the two like i just don't understand why we're not recognizing that and it's kind of like negative to talk about it because it's like people don't really ha- want to have that conversation um but like it's just it's an uncomfortable like situation it's like oh like i had a really shitty day at work i'm gonna go smoke oh like my dad and my my mom and i got into a fight so i'm gonna get wasted this weekend at the bar or whatever and it's like have you ever thought about like processing your emotions or talking about your emotions or doing stuff about emotions and it's like i think that part of it is a selfish but i'm gonna say it's selfish because it part of it in my eyes i think is a positive thing but part of me is just like, whenever something happens in your life, 
and I'm interested in you or like I'm involved with you, I would rather us have a conversation about it so I can let you have a safe space to conversate about what's going on in your life. Like part of the benefit of dating someone is being a like comfortable and relaxing environment, like being their safe space. Like you don't, you shouldn't use the other person for emotional validation, but being a safe space for someone is a huge part of the relationship because then they feel comfortable around you and can grow with you. But like the fact that you're not capable of conversating about your day and you have to use a vice to get around what's happening in your life, I think is problematic because it's like you're diminishing the role of the other person in the relationship. And like a huge part of the relationship is equal value in assessing yourselves. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just just weird. Um, I think there's like a lot that can go into that. I don't personally think that um, I'm the best person to talk about it, but I'm pretty sure like there are a ton of people out there who have been in situations where it's like, you don't feel the most comfortable in a situation because it's like the other person's doing this and doing that, which like on like face value isn't a bad thing, but it's like that role it plays in your relationship. It can be problematic because it becomes, it becomes a factor and it shouldn't be a factor. Like it should be something that you enjoy recreationally, but because people bring it so prominently into their relationship, it's like, like I know people who are literally like, Oh, well I'm going to hang out with John, but he has to smoke before he comes over. And it's like, what? Like, that's a thing? Like, that's an actual conversation you and him had? Like, that's absurd. And I just think that, you know, if we're really interested in being, like, responsible towards each other and, like, hookup culture and dating, it's just, like, you have to be better than that. Right. And I just want viewers or listeners to know, like, this is obviously, like, there's two point of views from, like, people who are, like, who don't smoke. So, I mean, granted, if maybe I smoked, smoked, maybe I'd have a different view, but from someone who doesn't smoke and has to you know, has dealt with people who smoke nonstop. It's uh, that's just, I don't know, kind of how I feel. And I share a lot of the same views that you had on that. I mean, it was kind of hit the nail right on the head with that one. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's just kind of like segueing into the next topic. Um, I think that part of that goes into being a responsible partner. I think that being able to address like what you do with your own personal life and how that could possibly affect the other person is definitely something that a lot of people don't really put a lot of thought into. And I think that it's, very detrimental to the success of all your relationships um kind of piggybacking off of that and like being a responsible partner one of the things i'm sure you've always heard me talk about and especially like using my platform on twitter and like social media and you know having worked for a health and wellness service um on campus um i i think one of the biggest things that's bothering me right now with hookup culture is the ability to test like a lot of people aren't getting tested for stds a lot of people are being reckless with their sexual health and I think that for me, that's why that's like the one biggest downside to hookup culture is that a lot of people are reckless with their general health. And to have that translated into their sexual health is um, extremely troublesome to see because it's like it's one thing to be problematic with your own personal health because you're only really affecting yourself. But when right. you don't take care of your sexual health, you're putting another person at risk. And it's like, why would I want to go through adverse risk? Because the person I'm hooking up with is doing a bunch of wild shit in their personal life. And then I'm, now I'm questioning, you know, my standards for like who I hook up with and I'm questioning what I'm doing with my life. And it's like, I would never do anything in my personal life to make the other person look wild. And it's like, I, I think that it's customary to think that the other person is doing the same thing for me. But yeah, right. like people, you just, it's hard to expect the best from people when it's like, we are constantly put up in situations where like, we have to be protecting our own interests. So I actually wanted to ask you a question. Let's be like extremely transparent as possible on this podcast. Have you been tested before? 
I have not been tested before. My guy. <laughs> well, I, I'll talk. I know we're going to get into it a little bit more, but I mean, I it's definitely something I should have done because I know you're. I know you're going to get on me about that, but I mean, at the same time, I should have done it. But I'm also. I feel like I've been super responsible with who I've hooked up with in the in the past, and been. I don't know. I've trusted them. I've been really, really good with them, who I've hooked up with. But I think you know, you're going to get on me. I, I know you are. But I feel like I definitely should have just to, you know, be on the safe side. I, I get the whole, like, I, a lot of people argue that with me when I say, like, oh, I'm responsible with who I hook up with. I'm responsible with who, who I hook up with, too. But like, you never know. Yeah, but it's, like, it's also the fact that, like, so I was having this conversation with a coworker the other day, and they were arguing, like, they have a husband that works at like a medical form or a medical. They, she works at he works at Medical Mutual, and so like okay. one of the biggest things is like the arguments against like insurance, and it's like people always think they're good until something happens, and they're like, "Well, this is why you have insurance is to cover you when you don't expect it." And I kind of look at getting SCD tested at the same thing. Like when you go through your life, and like I and I'm knocking on wood right now. I haven't been sick. I haven't had any major illnesses. I haven't broken a bone. And so, like, it's natural for me to assume, like, oh, I'm in great shape. Like, my heart rate's low 50s, great blood pressure. I'm healthy. No, like, nothing, nothing, yeah, no, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. But it's like, you never know. And it's like, it's always great to know that if something were to happen, my health insurance would protect me and cover most of my costs. Well, at least not most, but, like, some of my costs. Just right. like, like a car accident. I'm a good driver. Like, I don't drive in a state where, like, the road conditions are too bad. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I stop at red lights and stop signs like i'm taking care of my personal property and my car and yada 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 it's like i'm not gonna an accident well too bad this dude sideswiped your car going down the street because he didn't see that it was a two-way and i thought it was a one-way and now you have to pay for a bunch of bullshit on your car and it's like that's why you have insurance because now you don't have to Mm -hmm. pay as much like you have your deductible and all this shit and i look at std testing is the same way it's like the worst argument for me is people in relationships um because i'm gonna be completely honest on this podcast like i talk highly about sexual health and like being protective but i am a thousand percent on the fan boat of like i don't wear protection when i'm in a relationship i'm sorry like that's bullshit like i'm just not gonna do it like i probably should and your doctors would tell you you would but i'm a human being and like i enjoy what i enjoy and i'm not gonna go too deep into that topic but like once i'm like and i already told you like i get like three or five months in with like a girl before i become Mm -hmm. like her boyfriend but like by the time i get to that stage i'm comfortable enough to like you know, be in that position if you know what I'm talking right, about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. A little, <laughs> little, little risky, but yeah, I mean, yeah, oh. you're, 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 you're comfortable at that point. Yeah. And... I'm going to roll those dice for a second, but. Roll those dice. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is, though, even when I was like playing that risk or rolling that risk, I was still getting regularly tested. People are like, oh, like, I don't think that anything would happen. Like, I would fine like all this stuff and i'm like we live in a generation where like everyone's cheating it's like the fact that you know everyone's cheating you're still comfortable not getting regularly tested to me is a very 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 contradictive sentiment because it's like i've had personal friends that have been cheated on i've had friends that i'm aware of and not even close to have gotten cheated on and it's like you're playing a very dangerous game and you know that and you still feel the security to not take care of yourself like it's one thing to like to say hey like this is my partner like he would never do anything to me but it's like you still get regularly checked up every year it's like you might as well just be safe and have your doctor run tests then anyway it's like if if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing 
like you say you are, like when you go in for your yearly checkup, just be like, hey, doc, can you just run a quick panel? And it takes a, a short amount of time. And it's like, it's not something that's going to throw your day off. Like for most, no. pe- for most people, I've actually had this conversation recently because I didn't realize how many people don't know how an STD test works. But it's also very telling because it, it made me realize that a lot of people don't get checked. And it's like, wow, that makes a lot more sense. Like I had someone talk to me and he was like, I haven't had, a, I haven't gotten, I haven't worn a condom in two years and I've never gotten STD checked. And I was like, you are wild. Wow. That is <laughs> reckless. Shout out the, wow. shout out the homie and not going to throw his name out there. But like, I was like, yo, you need to go immediately. And I actually got him to go like the immediate Friday and he came back clean. And I was like, proud of you. Be a little more careful, get regularly tested. But in relationships, it's like, if you're going to get checked up for like, a normal hospital like a normal doctor's visit like you're supposed to every year like just pee in the cup turn it in if they call you then you have something if they don't call you you're fine and to be honest on my end i get checked twice a year sometimes more depending on how active i am this year but i always go at the beginning of the year and i always go at the middle of the year and i'm actually due in like the next month for my checkup because it's what i do like i always make sure that i'm okay because i don't want to be the person that's putting another person at risk because of what i'm doing in my personal life and it's like I think that everyone should do that in regards to being respectful of their partner. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand that that's being a responsible partner and it's a hard expectation, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not an easy, well, what's the best way of saying it? it's not a unreasonable expectation. It's actually an easy expectation of the other person. And it's super important. Yeah. And so I just, I think that's something that needs to be more openly talked about. I think that, you know, there's only a handful of my friends that I've actually had conversations with. And we literally talked about how, like, we'll straight up, like, ask a chick while we're in bed and be like, yo, when was the last time you had sex? When was the last time you had um, an STD check? And if, like, we're not comfortable with any of their answers, I'll just, like, get up and get out of bed. And, like, some of my friends are like, that's wild as hell that you would, like, be in bed with someone and just, like, get up and go. And I'm like, dude, I've been in a lot of situations where, like, I've been about Mm -hmm. to hook up with a chick and she said something to me. And I just, like, I got up. I was like, I'm a thousand percent good on. Yeah, been there. Like, I've, well, with condoms, but yeah, I've been in a scenario when I was like, got there, left it, in, left the condom in the car, and she's like, "Oh no, no, like I'm like I'm on the pill, like you're good, you're good." And I, I literally, like, I got up, I was in like my boxers, and I threw on like some butters, and jogged to my car and grabbed and came back, and it's like, I mean, I'm just not gonna risk it. I'm just not gonna risk it. I'm like, so, I'm like, sorry about that, but like, I'm. If I ruin the mood, I'm, I apologize. But listen, like I'm not rolling the dice <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, it was awkward, but it, it had to be done. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't aren't willing to do that. I know, I know a lot of people personally who would just be like, "Fuck it, it is what it is. I'll roll the dice." Or the I, whole, or the whole situation where like it'll be a bunch of dudes, like a lot of guys I hang out with. They'll be like, "Well, she never asked me to put one on, so I just never did." And I was like. That's just so irresponsible of you. And I'm not judging, but it's like, you know the kind of risk you're, you're running right now. Um, the other thing, I'm actually going to one-up you on that story. I've In the last probably 12 months, I've probably been in three or four situations where I was interested in someone. And I went, wanted to hook up with her. And we got to it. And then she was just like, she said the same thing you just said. She's like, you don't need a condom. Like, I'm on the pill. Like, you'll be fine and i literally just like i was like ah that's crazy and i just got dressed and went home like just left i was like i'm good like if that's how you're (laughs) if that's gonna if that's if that's an indication like if that's how you're handling your sexual health that's an indication of how you are as a person and it's not like in the sense like it's a bad thing but it's like 
I just want to be with someone who's a little bit more responsible with like them as a person. Like if you're getting your shit beat down by like any dude, like I didn't put a lot of effort into like coming over here right now. Like I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's one thing. To... Lot... Yeah, you've done that to probably another guy, and like it's just like irre... it's irresponsible. And I'm sorry. Like yeah. it's, it's not even the fact that like you're letting me like have sex that easily. It's the fact that like you're letting me have unprotected sex that easy. It's like if you're doing that with everyone, then there's a certain border like that is being crossed every time that I'm not comfortable crossing just because. I'm able to like there are like I don't know I feel like I'm protecting myself in the sense that I'm doing what's best for me and looking out for a potential risk being even more so elevated because it's like I I don't think that people get tested enough to you know properly take care of their sexual health and it's like if I'm gonna put myself in that situation like I want to be responsible with myself and know that I'm hooking up with someone who's responsible and it's like the fact that like we texted for like three days one-on-one like one date for drinks and then I went home with you and you're like yeah you can beat this shit raw and it's like ah <laughs> no nah, I'm good pass I'm good big pass it's like I don't I don't like and, and it's like you you feel like a dick for saying that and like I probably am a dick for saying that which goes back but to, you should it shouldn't but you shouldn't have to feel like that oh a thousand percent but yeah but it goes back to my saying like my favorite saying in 2019 was I can be wrong for saying something but be right about what I'm saying and that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, I'm wrong for Boy, is that saying, spot on. I, I'm wrong for voicing that out loud, and I'm wrong for saying that. But what I'm saying is right in the sense that there is truth and validity to what I'm saying. Um, and so one of the things I look at is just like, I'm going to make sure that I'm good at the end of the day. And I think that that's a potential situation where I'm going to come away with something or I'm going to have to walk around for the rest of the week, you know, like, oh, I should probably go get checked or like, I should probably go get tested because it's like, I've only had unprotected sex with like maybe like I can literally count all the girls on my hand and it's probably like three or four. And it's like my body counts higher than that, obviously, but like I would never want to like just willingly give up that part of my life to someone and like put myself at risk for just anyone. Like I could like craziest part is like we live in a generation of one night stands. and It's like if you're fucking someone raw and it's a one night stand, was it really worth putting yourself at risk for that one night? And it's like, no, no. Not I mean, the amount of stuff that could come out of it, you know, like disease or a kid just for a one night fling i mean i know you said you could count on one hand i I've ne- i'll be honest with you i've never hooked up with someone without a condom i mean also partly because i mean i've never been in a relationship where i was that comfortable or got to the point of you know trust or comfortability with a person but it's just like yeah i mean people just for what for a one night stand it's just like so much risk and i mean granted i'm probably a little wired i'm wired different than a lot of people i think of like worst case scenario like at all times oh same immediately i was actually that was actually on our list because i was going to ask you if you ever caught something but because you haven't been tested before i don't think you would be the most available to talk about that but right like i've never caught anything but i have friends who have and it's like oh well like what happened and they're like oh well like i met this chick at like this college and then i like fucked raw and like i didn't know that she had something and next thing you know he's like um yeah got chlamydia and i gotta take the pill now for the next six days and i'm like probably could have avoided that but putting a louis on it's like all you had to do was literally just just protect yourself for like the 15 minutes that you were enjoying yourself it's like i'm not like i don't i'll never like sex shame someone but like i will feel a little if iffy about the situation if you're putting yourself at risk for no reason because it's like you're my homie and i want to make sure you're okay or like you're my like one of my like close friends like i want to make sure that you're like having fun but it's responsible too and so like Mm. literally like i understand that like condoms are not as comfortable as like unprotected sex but it's like listen like you're doing what's best for you and you're being responsible and you're trying to put yourself in the 
proper position for things. But I don't know. Those are just conversations that I pe- feel like people aren't willing to have. And like, as I said, like working at the wellness center, it's like I spent so much time with an amazing boss and she educated me on so much. And like, I was thankful to have, um, to have organized a STD drive on campus. And like one of the things that I really learned about was how rampant STDs are on campus. And the craziest part is, is that we're actually in a time period in which STDs are an all-time high. Like, we're almost eclipsing the 1980s. And like, really? Yeah, dude, we're so close. Like, there's new... And it's like, a lot, luckily, a lot of it is more of on the gonorrhea and chlamydia side rather than herpes and HIV, which is great because those are all treatable. But right. there's so many adverse um, risks to that. And let me just finish my one train of thought. The fact that it's close to the 1980s thing is extremely problematic because one of the biggest reasons why there was a hike in STDs in the 1980s was kind of due off of the fact of how wild the early 80s and the late 90s, most of the 1970s were. Like the 1970s, like you ask anyone who was from back then, wild as fuck, like everyone was fucking, it was disco music everywhere, it was acid, LSD. Right. Yeah, like, like drugs, it dr- was. Yeah, like people didn't give a fuck back then, like crack just started like getting into the neighborhoods, like shit was popping back then so the fact that like was popping <laughs> like no one was wearing condoms back then. yeah and i was like ah let me throw this on and it was like people were fucking out, out like everywhere and it's like the fact that we're close or possibly eclipsing that level to me is scary and if even if you accommodate for you know population size increase it's like that's still scary to see and it's like people need to be more responsible and it's like i'm not t- trying to tell people what to do with their lives but it's like i'm educating you on like what can happen like what like we should be able to have a more open conversation person to person about what's going on in our personal lives and especially with the person you're in, in an intimate relationship with it's like i don't think there's anything and a lot of girls that like hang out with me they're like oh like you, you like you don't feel weird about talking about like what's gone on in your past like i've always been upfront about the fast like if i go on a date with you like i'm gonna tell you all my bullshit up front because it's like i'd rather be vulnerable with you at the beginning than waste your time later down the line like i want to know all your demons and shit now rather than later and it's like it's, it's gonna come up eventually, yeah. one way or another. Like it's gonna come up, so you might as well save both parties time and just, you know, kind of knock it off relatively early. I'm not saying you gotta go out on first date and be like, "Hey, listen, this is what's go happened in the past," but I think it's important to bring it up relatively soon because it's just in the end, it's just gonna be beneficial to both parties. Yeah, and then, like my biggest problem with that is that like, a lot of girls will be like, "Oh, I'm guarded," or like, "I'll I'll call them shy," or "I'll say this," or I'll "Say that." And they'll be like, well, you haven't really earned my trust or you haven't really earned this or earned that. And I'm like, that may be true in a very like minimalistic instinct or like sense. But at the end of the day, I move with a sort of impunity because I know that from the beginning of when we started talking to each other, I wasn't acting from a position of um, defense and limiting myself by being shy or being like, I was being vulnerable with you from the beginning because the only way I can leave us ever not happening is knowing that I tried from the beginning to be open and have an honest discussion with you. And I don't think a lot of people can walk away from their interactions with other people knowing that they gave their best foot and put their best foot forward. Like a lot of people would be like, I didn't really want to like talk to you about this because it's like, I don't want to like burden you with like this conversation or like, I didn't want to do this because, you know, I don't really Might know. Might scare you. you away or something. Yeah. yeah. Or like, um, I didn't want to like open up to you about like how I'm feeling about this because I didn't want to like be that person or whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're doing yourself, you're, it's two things. You're doing yourself an injustice because you're not open to, you're not allowing yourself to openly express yourself to the person you're involved with or trying to be involved with. You were trying to be. You shouldn't try, you should be. Um, and then two, you're actually putting yourself in the position where you're setting yourself up for failure because you're 
essentially expecting someone to be interested in you and you're not showing your true self. And so a lot of people, and I think this is a huge part of dating scene and hookup culture as a whole, is that if you're not being true with yourself and the other person, then you're not really setting yourself up to have a healthy interaction with that person. So when it ends, there's a lot of people who actually will walk away from the situation and regret how they handled certain interactions because they weren't as truthful or honest about a situation. And that's just the fact of the matter. It's like, I'm not going to shy away from talking about, you know, what happened in my past relationships or like what I do when I don't like with a woman or like what I, you know, do and not, don't want to see or like, I, 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 I'm open about the fact that I talk a lot. Like I talk over people a lot and I apologize for it. And I, I actually ask, <laughs> I ask for people to check me. Like if I'm talking a lot, I just be like, yo, 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 like stop me. Like just say something. Like I, I'm, I'm cognizant enough to realize that like I have flaws and like I would rather be with someone who's going to like help me get better with them rather than just not even coddling, but enabling my behavior by not being honest with me about like what's going on in their life and what's going on in my life. It's like, we're not going to develop or like get to know each other better. And that's actually funny. Cause it's like, uh, I was having this conversation with one of my boys recently. I was like, I think the reason why, like, I don't date a lot of people is because I'm actually like really attracted to women that intimidate me because they're so honest. Like women that check me, like weird turn on, like girls who are like confident and like literally put like, not even put up my bullshit, but check me on my bullshit. I'm like really into because it's like, Oh, like I can trust this person to always have my best, yeah. best, my best interests at heart, rather than the person who's afraid to tell me about their feelings. Because it's like, if I do something and it like makes me, you know, appear bad in that person's eyes, like they're not going to be as confident of making sure that I'm aware of that, and I don't really want to put myself in that situation whatsoever. But um, kind of getting back to the whole like STD thing, the thing about it that is actually creepy to me is just completely ignoring the you know, the, the increased rates lately. Um, one of the things I learned while I was working at the wellness center is actually like the downside of not getting tested and having something. So a lot of STDs, people are like, Oh, like I don't have anything cause I'm not showing anything. I'm like, your piss doesn't have to burn. Like you don't have to have bumps or anything to like have an STD. Like the biggest misconception about it is that you can be asymptomatic cause it's actually extremely com It's extremely common to be asymptomatic and people who don't know who asymptomatic means like they're, if the current stats, I think it's like either one in two people or one in three people um, have herpes or have one in two people or one in three people have herpes. But like the chances of you dying and never knowing that you have it is extremely high because a lot of people have it and don't show symptoms. And that's what asymptomatic wow. is, is you don't show symptoms. And the crazy part is I was actually having this conversation with my friend and he was like, all my friends that have had herpes have had like huge flare ups. And I'm like, that's a common thing because. No offense, out of all the STDs, I think herpes is the one that has the worst reputation, but it's actually the best in regards to um, survivability. Um, herpes is a skin irritation. It doesn't actually affect your body in any other way than creating an ugly sore on your body. And I think that a lot of people give it a bad rep because it's a lifetime-long um, infection, skin infection, essentially. And, and you know, like it comes up every month. It's a flare-up. There's medicine to deal with it. There's m medicine to like reduce your chances of um, spreading it. And I think that like, if more people were open and aware with themselves about how to handle things, like you can take a medicine and it drops your chances of spreading it to like less than a percent. And it actually reduces your ability to flare up every month. And it actually reduces the irritation you experience. But like a lot of people don't get tested and then they don't deal with it. And then they're spreading it. Like I know a ton of people that like have caught diseases from people who willingly have an STD and that other person's not getting tested for it. And then the reason why I say it has the worst reputation is because of the whole like lifelong thing. 
But um, if you actually go and you can Google this, there are worse side effects to syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia than there are with herpes because if you go untreated with gonorrhea, syphilis, or um, chlamydia, you have more adverse and life-threatening conditions from it. Um, a lot of the times, uh, they're more geared towards women, which is sad. But I know, like one of the biggest signs of one of the biggest downsides of going with chlamydia as a woman without it getting treated and not knowing you have it is that you can actually develop adverse effects in your womb. So, like, there's a lot of women who will have ectopic ectopic pregnancies where the child, like within you, actually grows in the wrong part of the fallopian tube. Um, correct me on what part of the body that is. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the fallopian tube, but anyone who has a better understanding of this, please correct me outside of the podcast. But it's essentially um, your child isn't growing in the uterus like it should be, and it actually creates uh, a failed pregnancy, or in most times you have to have surgery to remove it because it's going to literally will kill you. And it's like a lot of people actually go throughout their lives without ever knowing they have it. And so that's a potential life-threatening case. And there's like stories throughout time, like most of the like ancient stories you hear about in history class, like you hear about guys that died in their early, like early 40s, early 50s. And it's like, oh, they had syphilis. Like you can die from syphilis. You could die from gonorrhea. You could die from chlamydia. But like, it's all about how and when that would happen. And so I think that people should just be more conscientious about like what they're doing with their life and just pay attention to how they can protect themselves better and take more responsibility for what they're doing with their sexual life. Wow, just dropping knowledge out here, Frank. This is dropping knowledge. Dude, but uh, like, I a lot of those a lot of those facts I didn't know and I think that that's like an issue, I guess. Dude, it's, a lot of people don't know that stuff. It's crazy though cuz it's like that's why I just don't have unprotected sex like that. It's cuz like I'm a numbers guy. Like I have a biology degree and a math degree. Like I care too much about statistics and math. Soft flex. Soft flex. <laughs> Soft flex, you know. No, no big deal. Biology degree, a little master's degree, something light, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, I just, I know too much. And I'm like, having known too much, it's just like, why not? Just be careful. It's like, people are like, oh, you'll be fine. Like, you can run that risk. And I'm like, I think a lot of people, especially with, um, so, like, funny story. This is actually a true story. Um, it's going to actually shock a lot of people that hear this. Um, I've actually, like, gone and requested to get, like, tested for herpes, not because I was at risk, but because as a person who's responsible for themselves, I, I get checked for everything. Like, I get checked for HIV, and I, I don't think I hooked up with anyone with HIV, but I still come back negative with those tests because it's, like, they recommend you do that because of how high the rates are. It's, like, if you were to live in Atlanta, like, you would want to get HIV tested because Atlanta is one of the biggest hotspots for it, but people don't. So I was actually having a conversation with um, one of my doctors after I, like, I, once again, safe, clean, completely clean, having another checkup this year. Um, he was actually talking to me, and my friends have actually gone and, like, had this conversation. So when you go to a doctor, you're actually not allowed to request an HIV or a herpes test because unless you know for a fact you've been exposed to someone that has it or have been irresponsible in the near past, they actually don't do it because, like I said earlier, so many people are asymptomatic, the catch rate of it would actually just flare up the entire um, database system. Wow. Which is crazy. And, like, people are like, oh, like, that's not true. And I'm like, you got to think about it. Like, you come back negative for, like, chlamydia or, like, gonorrhea or whatever. And it's like, that's stuff that's easily treatable and testable. And it's like, it's so common. That's why it pops up. And the rates are so trackable. That's why, like, the current STD rates are spiking dramatically. But it's like, 
think about the number of people out there that are asymptomatic that don't know they have it. And it's like you're willingly exposing yourself to someone who, like you could be someone who regularly gets checked and still have something because you're asymptomatic, because that's not something that's regularly checked for. And so I'm like, why are you putting yourself willy-nilly at that risk for something that's not going to be, like, I'm sorry, is the 15 minutes of sex really that worth it if you're going to be no, exposed no. to them? And, I'm like, and that's why, like, that's my whole thing is, like, people are like, oh, like, how can you say, like, you feel safe and secure about things? And it's like, I, you never go out of any situation feeling safe and secure, but I know I feel a little bit more security knowing that I'm protecting myself with a condom rather than putting myself at risk for things. And, and that's just essentially how I look at things. It's like, you know, we're in a in an environment where like there is a huge chance for us to to fail in the situation and catch something. So it's like, why would I not put an added security by putting something between me and the other person? And that's just kind of how I look at things. It's like if you look at the numbers, and once again, I'm a numbers guy. You're more likely to catch something than not to catch something, and especially for the women in the situation because guys are less likely to catch STDs because we don't have as much direct contact. Because no offense. One of the quickest ways to catch something is from oral sex with the man, whereas, no offense, we're kind of shitty as dudes, like a lot of dudes don't give head to women, and a lot of the w- diseases you can get aren't, easily, aren't as easily spread through touch or contact with the vagina, so like, women are more likely to catch it than us, but like, men do have a, like, a risk in it because we're the ones inserting ourselves. And so a lot of people just don't, they don't take the time to learn and understand like, what's going on and like, being precautious about their sexual health but yeah it is it is what it is damn this dropped a lot a lot of knowledge on the listeners and i i mean uh that was definitely eye-opening a lot of the facts and i mean the one that stuck out to me the most was how much how close we are to the 1980s and late 1970s i feel like especially with like how much knowledge we know about and how aware people are and i'm sure condoms are a lot i'm sure they're a lot easier and cheaper i guess to get them now it's just wild that we have all these things out there that can help that we should know, and yet we we're approaching those numbers. That's, yeah, uh, that, that's wild. Yeah, dude, you can literally just buy like a jumbo pack on Amazon. Like, just buy a jumbo pack of condoms and put it. Like, I personally, I don't leave the house without one when I go out on the weekends because usually, like, if I'm not using it, and like I, anyone who knows me, I don't hook up with people that I pick up from the bar. So, like, me having a condom on me isn't like a forecasting anything. But like I will literally right. g- give it to a homie before he leaves the bar with someone because it's like I don't care if you don't use it or not. But me knowing that you left the bar with one will make me feel a little bit safer in my life than you yeah. leaving without one. And so it's just like people are just are not precautious. It's like why are you putting yourself at risk for that when you could just take one simple step to prevent something? And they're so cheap. They're so cheap. Like. Um, Spending. I mean, and there's just so there's so many places to get them. They're so cheap. It's like, why would you not want to? I don't know. Does I mean, doesn't make sense to me. But I apparently there's a lot of people who uh, who uh, feel different according to the numbers. Fam, but like my my thing is, I was like, and I think a lot of you should have a conversation with your friends. It's like, go around the room and just like name the last time you wore a condom. It's like you'd be surprised how many people are like, yeah haven't worn one in like three years it's like fam what like do you know how many people i know have never worn one yeah i can i can uh yeah i feel the same way i know i know i know a handful i know a lot and i'm like fam how i'm like i understand like some of them have been in relationships i was like i get it but like some of them i'm like you've you've been fucking since you were like 13 we're like 25 like my friends are like almost 25 i'm 23 
but like some of my friends are older than me i'm like that's like 12 years of like history and you're in a relationship for like two of those 12 it's like how have you not won a condom at all in any of those instances it's just like i don't know i kind of like just never wanted to use one and she never asked me to use one and i'm just like yo that's wild as fuck and then you like part of it makes sense because it's like as a dude like you enjoy it more without one and then you have women who are like i just don't enjoy the feel of one inside me or like the women who are like i've gotten one lost inside me why would i do that again but it's like yo that is mad wild to think about it's like fam they're out there for a reason. Like that's like going to the doctor and him telling you to take cold medicine to prevent something. And you're like, or taking a vaccine for something and being like, nope, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to prevent this from happening to me. Like, I, I don't like the way it feels. Or I don't like the way that medicine tastes. Like, it's like, you gotta take the good with the bad. Yeah. It's like, like I would much rather have, con- like, that's why it's my policy. I'd rather have condom sex than have an STD. And I'm sorry. Like, I don't think STDs are a negative thing. I think that there's a lot of connotations around it, which is a negative thing. Like they're very treatable, they're very manageable. I think that people with STDs are still human beings and should be treated should be treated as such. But it's like if unless you want to live with the responsibility of living with an STD, then you should just take certain precautions of dealing with it ahead of time. And it's like a lot of people won't do that. And I think that's a huge part of hookup culture. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where like people aren't communicative about stuff. Like as a woman, you should be comfortable enough to tell a dude, "I'm not going to have sex with you without a condom." And as a man. You should take the responsibility to always wear a condom when you want to be, not even, that's not the right way of phrasing. As a man, you should be responsible enough that you feel comfortable to tell a woman you're not going to have sex with her without a condom. It's ultimately up to that person's discretion on what they're going to do. But at the end of the day, it's like, know what's out there, know what's available to you and do what's best for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to make sure you're aware of what's going on out there. And that's just like my general consensus on things. It's like, we're not a communicative group of people like as i said earlier like a lot of people think they're talking but they're just saying shit mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's just weird um kind of getting towards like what i had you know towards the end of this podcast we're gonna go more into just like what i think is like interesting so like i'm always about the like anyone who knows me or like any woman who's ever like been involved with me as i'm always like about analyzing things and so i actually wanted to ask you some questions on like the more analytical side of hooking up but what do you think divides you know that boundary between when you hook up with someone versus when you actually develop feelings with that person Ooh. um now this could be a little bit of a hard hard topic because i mean i've been let's see i've been single for about five years now frank <laughs> damn Bro, well, so, all right, because there's been a lot of times where, like, like the, the whole talking phase, like, when you're, like, super tight with someone and you're basically dating, I've been through a lot of those. But, I mean, I've had my, I've gotten fucked over a lot, and then there's been a lot of times where, like, I've actually sat down or, like, like kind of, like, tried looking into the future and was like, all right, like, I'm not trying to, like, jump the gun and say, oh, we're going to get married. But, like, I sit down and I'd be like, can I see myself knowing what I know? do I see myself having a possible future with this person? And a few times it's just been like, no, nah. actually, like, actually like now, nah, like I, like at the time it's good. Like at the time it seems a little right, but like, do I see myself down the road with this person? And it's, it's temporary enjoyment essentially. Yeah. And it's just like, now, nah, like now nah, I didn't see it. So yeah, I've been single for a fit. Well, I take that back. Cause about, let's see, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I dated someone for about two days. Then they broke up with me. Not count. I'm not counting that. <laughs> so it doesn't. So it doesn't really count. So when you say, that. so when you say it divides, like, what do you want me to like, uh, like touch on? Like, what do you what like? 
I think like the biggest thing for me is that I always want to make sure that like people around me are being more cognizant of like what they're doing in every situation they're involved in. So like what what is like the first indicator of like you potentially pursuing something past just hooking up? Um looking past hooking up and going towards a relationship, uh it's just I don't know, you can almost somewhat sense it. I mean, I feel like a lot of times when people are hooking up I mean, you can say a majority of the time someone's going to catch feelings. Yeah. And I feel like you can kind of sense when both sides are are starting to catch feelings. And I feel like, I don't know, you can kind of just sense that you guys start going about things a little bit different, like how you hang out. I feel like the transition from hooking up to a relationship, you kind of start talking a little bit more. You hang out a little bit different. Maybe you don't just come and go but you're just kind of hanging around a little more yeah and you, i don't know it's your, re- your relationship just starts kind of building up slowly uh ah, what's ah, what's your take on that i mean i mean that's I th- a very i think it's tough um i definitely so like as i said i'm very i spend like people think i spend a lot of time looking at how they behave how they're right anyone who's listening that has like seen that from me just know i spend 10 times more and more time analyzing how i behave so especially in regards to um, how I approach the division between hooking up and dating is like two things. So from the very get go, when we hang out together, we're going to go down three different paths. The first path is I don't even think about having sex with you because either I'm, or not four paths. One, I don't want to hook up with you because I'm not attracted to you, and I want to I want to end this date immediately. Sad truth, very mean, but it's the only way I'm going to move about things. It was cool to meet you. This isn't going anywhere. Cut ties, right? That's the first path yeah. I go down. Second path. I don't want to have sex with you because I'm interested in you and I don't want to just straight go towards the fucking part. That's usually, right. where, that's usually where I have a bit more investment in it. So, like, I literally have been offered sometimes to have sex with women. I'm just like, yo, like, we can get to this, but, like, I know you're not comfortable with me yet, so, like, let's develop something before that happens. And then I have, like, the other in- instances where it's like, listen, like, we're just going to see how things go. Like, I'm interested, but, like, I can't make a primary or, like, preliminary opinion on this so like how about we keep going on dates like figuring each other out and then you have the fourth option where it's like all right well i just want to fuck at this point and it's like that's when we go straight to hooking up and so for me like the division is if you ever step from option three to option two in the sense that i go from i want to figure things out to like i'm not even concerned about having sex with you like although that would be fun like i would obviously entertain having sex with you but like I'm more interested in like getting to know you and like getting to like be like, I want to meet your friends. Like I want to know about your family. Like I want to know what's going on with you. Like I care about your day. Like I think that action speaks louder than words. So like what I do for that person says a lot. Like me personally, I have somewhat okay time management skills, but anyone who's like ever like been involved with me knows that like setting dates or setting times with me is like hard. If I'm, like, inclined to, like, text you, like, hey, we should go do this next week, just know, like, I'm actually serious about you. I think that's a big divisive line between me wanting to hook up and me being involved with you is that, like, I'm setting dates. Like, I'm texting you to hang Mm -hmm. out. I'm worried about, like, what's going on. Like, I'm texting you about, like, not even, like, on, like, some how was your day shit because that's so basic, but, like, really digging deep into, like, what's going on in your life like making a conscientious effort to like go meet your friends like if you have an event to go through and like oh like do you need someone to go with you like just more than just a general interest like i'm invested 
And I think that that for me is a big distinction because it's like, I'm not going to do that for a lot of people. And then lastly, the biggest sign for me um, with someone I'm serious with that has jumped from like just hooking up to like actually being interested in that person. If I hang out with you twice in a week, I'm actually interested in you. Yeah. Dude. Perfectly, perfectly said. Twice in a week is a lot. Like, I don't think people understand that. Once in a week is enough for me. Like, I don't want to hang out with more than a handful of people in my life more than twice, more than once or twice a week. So the fact that I'm hanging out with you, someone that like I'm romantically interested in twice a week, should be a huge sign in you and in, in me, and a huge sign that I'm actually interested in you. But like, I'll literally go like on dates sometimes, and I'm like, oh, what am I seeing you next? I'm like, dead ass, you might not see me for ten days. And a lot of people, they wouldn't like that because it's like, I know a lot of chicks are like, I don't really like this texting and Snapchatting bullshit. Like, I actually want to just see you. And I'm like, listen, like with the place I am in my life right now, with a lot of moving variables around what goes around with my current schedule, it's like every 10 days might be a more practical thing in my life than, you know, every Tuesday or like once on Tuesday and once on a Saturday. Like, sorry, like that's just not going to happen. And then it goes back to the fact that like we talked about, like, we're not just talking to like one person sometimes. Like, you might have to like accommodate for the other people in your life. And that might be inconsiderate to the person that you're talking to at that current moment. But it's like to be fair to everyone and like be real with you as at least I'm talking to you about like what's going on rather than just like being insincere and lying to you and be like, Oh, I'm busy. It's like, no, like that dude's probably out there like doing shit. Like if, (laughs) and it goes back to the saying where it's like, everyone's like, if, if like the saying is, is like that person's not, if the people will make time for the people they actually want to be involved with. And that's just the mm-hmm. fact of it. It's like, if you were really interested in that person, you would just go hang out with that person and not be concerned about everything else. Yeah, so. I think that, that was, yeah, that's well said. So giving my, my uh, take is, yeah, I think that the difference between that is how I interact with you. If, yeah, it's about the amount of times I see you a week and then about what we talk about, you know, if I'm talking, I mean, besides, like, the how is your day, but if I'm, like, kind of, like, deep diving or telling you things, like, that are, like, personally, like, bothering me, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, express how I feel about certain things, like, what's going on in my life if we're just hooking up. I'm not going to be, like, this is what's really bugging me, like, just, like, personal stuff. Just, like, if if I'm, like, telling you that, then it's kind of, like, okay, like, it's a little bit different. If I'm inclined to, like, tell you, like, really what's going on, then it's, like, okay, maybe this is more of, like, a the relationship side and hookup side. And that for me is like very indicative of like where things are headed for me. And I think that everyone has a different distinction between hooking up and dating, but I think that people just need to be more, um, more honest with themselves. And I think that's my biggest problem with a lot of like what's going on in like the hooking up culture is that like people are just not being honest with themselves. I think that a lot of, and I've had this conversation, I actually had this conversation recently with someone that like I had to cut it off with a couple weeks ago, but I was just like, you're mad at how things ended, but at the end of the day, like every situation you go into is a two-way street. Like you have to take responsibility for what you did and make sure the other person takes responsibility for what the other person did. And the best way I've ever looked at it, it was a, a joke actually on a podcast I listened to. And he was talking about this episode of Ozarks where like the person cheated and they were like, you had multiple opportunities to say no to a situation. Like, when he was cheating, he had an opportunity to say no when he accepted the invitation to dinner. When he got to dinner, he had the opportunity to say no and leave the dinner. He had the opportunity to say no to the ride home. He had the opportunity to say no 
when he got to the door, he had an opportunity to say no when he sat down and drank that glass of wine. He had the opportunity to say no when he got in the bed. Like you have multiple opportunities to address something. And if you're not giving yourself the justice of taking responsibility for what's going on, then you're essentially enabling a situation. And I think that that's a huge part of hooking up hookup culture is that people are just not being aware of that and taking responsibility for that. Well said. I like that. I like that quote. Yeah. And it, when you break it down like that, it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, that person had a lot of opportunities and you just blatantly just blow past it. Yeah. Like, it's, my, it's, not, it's not just you, you fucking up one time. It's you fucking up multiple times. There's been, yeah, like you said, there's multiple steps when you could say no. And I guess I never really looked at it that way. I feel like a lot of people just look at it as like, all right, well, you screwed up once. But it's like, and no, guess, you screwed up eight times in one situation. Like, there's literally a, like, a thread of information in which you could have stopped this situation and you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like not many people look at it like that. I mean, granted, I didn't look at it like that. And I feel like there would be a lot of people who would stop taking back their cheating other, whether it be a boy or a girl, if they thought about it in that sense. Because I, I laugh slash hate when you see a guy or a girl you know, trying to, like, say, oh, I have the best boyfriend ever, like, trying to, like, show off and flex on Instagram, when everyone knows that you took that person back, like, they blatantly cheated, and you're still trying to, like... Make things work. Show that, yeah, try and make it work, and be like, oh, they're the best, like, look how good he is, like, blah, 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 like, no, like, that person cheated on you, and blatantly said, nope, I'm gonna do this, nope, I'm gonna do this, multiple times before they got to the act of cheating, and it's just, like, I feel like if a lot of people looked at it, as them fucking up like eight different times than just once, I feel like a lot of people would not continue to stay in these relationships. That's a, I like that quote a lot. That's actually why I don't think that people who cheat are sorry. And I think that's going to uh, anger a couple of people, especially since that mo- there are more cheaters out there than people will admit to. Um, I don't think you're ever sorry for cheating. You're sorry for getting caught because it's like you had every chance to turn something around and you didn't that's why i'm like people are like oh you know he's not a serial cheater but it's like he made serial mistakes leading up to this like they had that guy or that woman like made several mistakes leading up to this one decision and it's like you're essentially excusing their behavior and it almost enables them to make that decision again because they know you're forgiving and you're able to you know accept them for who they are and it's like no like they're not sorry. Like they're sorry for getting caught. Like they would have never mm-hmm. stopped. They would never stop doing it. Would you stop doing something mm-hmm. that you enjoyed if you didn't get caught? Probably not. I mean, and if you're truly sorry, I, fe- I feel like you would. I don't want to say like bring it up to that person because it's like it would, it's kind of like throwing yourself under the bus. But if it truly bugged you, I don't know. It's a very tough topic, but I agree. It's a. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with your point on that one. But yeah, I I feel like people just don't communicate well. Um, that's something something that you could talk about with the other person. It's just like I personally have never cheated because it's like I'd rather break up with the person I'm with to go hook up with uh-huh. other people than cheat on them because it's like I would never want to put them through that emotional turmoil of thinking they're less than because I made a mistake or I made a decision on my own behalf that is now going to put you in a compromised position emotionally and mentally, and so. I just, I don't understand it. I don't think that cheaters are sorry. I've never been cheated on. So that's not me coming from a place of negative or poison. It's just more so the fact that like, listen, like you're not sorry. Like 
you chose this like you willingly put yourself in that position like there is no level of drunkness that i've ever been when i've been committed to someone where i was like oh i really want to go fuck this chick at the bar or like oh like i just slipped into some pussy or like oh i this <laughs> like this girl just slipped onto a dick it's like it goes back to the ozark thing like you had multiple opportunities to say no throughout this entire thing and it's like you could have said no to that last shot or like you could have said no to us taking his number down or his Snapchat down or whatever it may be. And it's like, you made a conscientious decision because you knew what the upside and the pros of cheating were and you allowed it into your life. So you're not sorry. Mm -hmm. You're just sorry you got caught. And I think that goes back into like hooking up culture, which is why like, I think that a huge part of like the negative connotation of hooking up culture is that people, like I think a lot of dudes get the negative um, brain where it's like, they're afraid of committing. And it's like, part of it is one guys are a lot more you know extraneous on their vetting process when it comes to women because it's like we've seen things happen and it's like women will cheat on you just like men will cheat on you and it's like why put yourself in that position two i know a lot of the time people are like well they just can't commit because of the options of things which is a fair assessment but at the same time it's like if you are confident that you are um the person like you you are deserving that person like that person deserves to respect your time and your efforts then you can proceed to either just leave that situation or remind that person that you are that person. Like, I've never once, like, like you know how, like, the, there's that joke on Twitter right now where it's, like, um, this girl or this guy gets pissed off, and it's, like, I can't believe, like, he's entertaining other people. And then someone would, comp like, comment on it and be, like, I guess you're just afraid of some competition. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that one. I think that shit is so funny yet so true because it's the truth like i i personally have walked away from situations where i'm just like listen like i'm better than that dude i'm better than this like i don't need to be in this situation or i've stayed in a situation because it's like i know at the end of the day like i'm going to be the person who's going to get chosen out of the situation and it's all about how you handle it and it's like i don't understand why people are so afraid of just like defining the boundaries between them and the person they're being involved with and i think it's like like people think I'm cocky and I'm like arrogant or whatever. And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm comfortable in who I am as a person. Like just from being able to talk about like these kind of topics on my podcast, like I, I, I can take confidence in who I am and like who I want to be in the future and know that like men aren't shit. And like, I always think I'll always believe that because we have constantly failed society in regards to developing things in a positive light. But like of the ain't shit men, I think I'm like the Kobe beef of ancient men so it's yeah. like so it's like the Kobe people. <laughs> so it's like if i think that's, if i think i'm the, that's the cool right there that's what i'm saying though like if i think i'm the kobe beef it's like i'm not just gonna let anyone take a bite it's like you gotta be you gotta be deserving you know choose right. a challenge it is what it is but um i just think a lot of people just need to be more comfortable in who they are and just like be able to take control and awareness of that so it is what it is yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a Kobe beef guy. Also, <laughs> I, I really do. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, that I'm. I don't want to say like I'm, you know, fuck it. I like I am better than a lot of dudes out here. Like, I have good things going for me, and I feel like some people that I've talked to in the past need to realize that. And I feel like they'll eventually realize that I'm the Kobe beef, and that they're gonna be stuck with a Walmart Walmart beef dude. Are you stealing my quote line? Damn. <laughs> yeah, well, you sent me the note. So, I mean, I, I had to steal it before you took it. I got to look, look good. You're dropping all this knowledge. And I, have, <laughs> I have nothing to show. You're dropping all these Ozark quotes. And I'm just like, you know. No, I feel you know, it. I, I, I got to get one in. I feel it. Shine a little bit. No, I, but uh, I feel it, though. 
No, but like yeah. dead ass. Like a lot of these dudes are Walmart beef patties, and I'm Kobe beef, so it's like I'm not about to compete. Like you can go get that shit off the street any day. Like that's the shit you find at the little mom and pop shop. Like you got to go to a like a Montclair fucking whatever those like ratings are on like restaurants, like those one star, two star restaurants. Like I'm in those. Like you got to come find me. Like I'm not about to compromise my worth because of someone else. And it's like. I know like where I am and like where I want to be. And it's like, you either fit into the picture and then we can like create some cohesion together or like, I'm just going to keep it pushing. Like I'm not inclined to, you know, do anything. Like I think the best thing that like kind of like shaped my mentality about dating in Chicago is my dad actually sat down in front of me and my like siblings. And he looked me in my eyes and he was like, you could die a single bachelor and I'd still be proud of you as long as you're happy. And so the way I approach things is I assess how much happiness that person creates in my life and not even just in regards to happiness but like do you inconvenience me because i don't want someone who inconveniences me or like and i hate that people think that like because something happens like you're a burden it's not even this in that in that sense like you can ask me for things but it's like if i'm constantly like emotionally drained because of you like i don't want to be in that position like are you adding to my life like if i can walk away from the situation and not lose anything that's more important to me like if your presence means more than your absence that I want you in my life and I'm always going to make sure that that's evident to you and you're like feeling valued in that relationship. But at the same time, it's like, you need to reciprocate, reciprocate that too. Like I'm Kobe beef. Like you got to fly to Washington or like New York right now to find some good quality Kobe beef. It's like, you're not about to just pick, (laughs) not about to pick me up anywhere. Like you can go look around. Like I know what I'm worth. So it's like, fuck it. Yeah. Knowing your self worth. And I, I feel like in the past, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I know for me, I feel like I've been undervalued. And people don't realize like how good they have it. I feel like one day they will realize. Like I feel like a lot of these times people will go after like people like with no goals and they're just kind of stagnant in their life. And I'm like, I look at them like, damn, like I'm out here like I'm trying to make things work. Like I work hard. Like I'll treat you good. I'll treat you better than most. Like another dude is just like I don't know. I feel like I've been undervalued, and I feel like one day these chicks are gonna look back and be like, damn, like Frank and Turk, like. Like, damn, I used to talk to him. Now look at him. I'm not not even on that kind of shit. Like, I wish anyone I've been involved with, like, be happy in life and be, like, in a better place than when I was with them. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm not about to just sit around and, like, wait or, like, try and figure things out that I don't see going anywhere. It's like, all right, right well, like, we, we know where this is headed. Like, we know what's going on here. And I'm just going to distance myself or, like, add, you know, a little, like, best thing you can do why beef when you can add distance it's like why would you create tension between you and the person you're involved with when you could just add distance and if it works out later down the line then it works out like we've seen tons of people double back on someone like you can always like if you never burned a bridge with the person you were involved with you can always start a new connection or reestablish that connection with someone so it's just like i respect the women who have been upfront with me in my life because it's like i know at the end of the day like i would consider getting involved with that person again because she never did anything to ever make me warrant stopping it we just weren't compatible mm-hmm. at that point so oh, i feel i feel that yeah you could definitely rebuild a bridge i mean sometimes they definitely definitely cannot be rebuilt but i think in scenarios like that people kind of think that it's it's done and over with when i mean it's it can't in the right i don't know setting it can't it can't you can build a new connection yeah thousand percent but uh so last question before we go, I actually uh, was wondering, so I was having this conversation at the bar last night because I personally don't 
I like I've never gone home with a chick from the bar because I think it's weird. I think dirty macking is weird. Um, I'm yeah. the kind, I'm the kind of dude where like if I go out with my boys, I'd rather just like like I'll peep some shit and be like, you know, maybe you can grab the Snapchat, you can grab the number, but I'm not about to like take her home and bag that night. And like that's a derogatory way of talking about hitting on women. But like, told you I'm feeling extra toxic today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling extra toxic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. I don't know. I just, I personally just think it's weird. Like, I go out to have fun with my friends. They're probably going out to have fun with their friends. Like, why inconvenience them? Grab the number, Snapchat, and meet them up later. Like, what's your preferred means of, like, spinning game? Um, I feel like, uh, it's always nice to kind of, like, I always enjoy, like, knowing the person somewhat beforehand. I always like face-to-face better, but I feel like our generation has been so deprived of, like, face-to-face interaction. I mean, it, nowadays, it's just so easy to, oh, like, this girl posted a picture and tagged her friend. Oh, she looks cute. Like, oh, let me throw a few pic- likes and see what's going on. I feel, I wish I was better at chopping it up in person. I hate, I mean, I feel like 9 out of 10 dudes are going to be like, yeah, like, I spit most of my game online. And I feel like that's that's how I am. I mean, but if I'm around you, I'll spit more. If I know you, I'll spit more in person. But I feel like a majority of it just comes from just, like, a lot of the kids in our generation, just, like, social media, which sucks. Because I always liked how, like, when you go to, like, a family reunion or you go you go somewhere and they you ask your parents or your aunts or your uncles or so-and-so. Like, how did you meet? And they're like, oh, like, we went on a blind date. Or like, oh, like, we met here and I brought it up. I just feel like our generation is just not going to have many of those stories. Like, how many people are going to, like, grow up and be like, oh, how did you meet your mom? Oh, well, she posted this picture in a bikini on Instagram. And, you know, I, I liked a few of her pictures and now we're here. Or t- <laughs> or Tinder or yeah, it's just or like Bumble or whatever it may be. Um, I was actually having yeah. someone was talking to me about that. How their like grandpa is like it's not even it's not a bad thing. It's just a difference in approach. Yeah. In, this, in the sense that like back then, like they just met people because they were coming back from war or they were coming back from this or like you could go to a bar and have a conversation with a random girl at the bar. It's like the mo- most of the time you go to a bar nowadays is like you're not gonna have a random conversation with just any chick at the bar. Like I'm sorry, it's right. just not gonna happen. So like your visibility and opportunities to like meet other people face-to-face nowadays isn't the same as it used to be and you kind of have to accommodate your game but also to that point um online dating is actually an interesting development because you're and this is probably based off of a small sampling base and evidence base but um you actually have a higher percentage of having a successful marriage based off of a a relationship or marriage founded off of a dating app than you are face-to-face nowadays partly because yeah it's like a not significant but like i would say like it's a gap like a small gap um i'm part of the research behind it was that you actually spend more time vetting the person you meet online because you don't know that person than you would face to face because a lot of what your face-to-face interactions do is create an initial bias or opinion about that person like your initial instincts off of meeting someone face to face is like what did you talk about like what was his energy like what is his or her clone a perfume smell like like it was he attractive yada 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 but like when you're online you're like oh like you got to make sure that person matches the pictures or like you have stuff in common like you had fun getting food with them or like you spend some more time like getting to know that person because it's like no offense and like i think for women a lot of times it's like you don't want to get murdered by that dude and like mm-hmm. 
a lot of dudes are creepy. So like you're trying to like match energy, whereas like face to face isn't the same because it's like you have an initial spark. But like when you're meeting someone off of an app, you're kind of like establishing something, which is great because it's like if you are trying to actively establish something, you're going to work harder at making that work. And I thought that was like a great point from the article. But I just wanted to talk to you about like what your style of game is. Cause I'm kind of the same way. Like I'd rather like, I'm not the best at like face to face conversation, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not great at it because like my mind is constantly moving in different directions. I get distracted right. at everything. Like, I'm sorry if there's a TV in that bar, I'm not paying that much attention to you. Like I might look with away. a game on. Yeah. Or like I, when I go out, like if I drink, like I constantly have to use the bathroom. Like the moment I walk away from you, like why would you be even remotely inclined to re-pick up that conversation we had with each other? Right. I don't know. I just think that I'm not, it's not, even, that's not even part of the reason why I like hate on like the whole dirty Mac thing. It's just like, fam, like, don't you get tired of doing it? And don't you think girls get tired of getting hit on every time they go out? And I'm personally more about like, like I literally had this weekend and me and the boys were like, oh, we're going to go out and have fun. And we just went out and had fun. Like it was never like imposed that like we go hit on chicks or like go do shit. It's just like if it happens, yeah. it happens. And it's like a lot of dudes would be like, we're about to go out and pick up bitches, bro. And it's like, yeah. Just go have fun. Like you can have fun without the company of women and you can have fun with just your friends. Like I hate like everyone has a friend who's just like more consumed about like getting women than he is about every other aspect of his life. Uh-huh. Every, everyone's got that one guy. Everyone's got that I, one friend. He'll throw you under the bus for some pussy. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a boy who's just, like, 24-7. He's, like, always working on something. I'm like, you're like, don't you, like, doesn't, like, ever, like, stop? Like, don't you ever, like, worry about something else besides that? But, you got hobbies, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, like, go to the gym. Like, get a, get a workout in. Like, take your mind off of it for, like, two seconds. Literally. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely say, like, my, like most people, it's just mainly like through social media. I wish it was. I wish I was better at talking in person. But I mean, yeah, that's probably my shooting style. Figure out, yeah, just hit the DMs, like a few picture, and if they don't respond, then hey, so be it. But <laughs> you're one you of know. those guys. You don't send the DM. I mean, you don't send the DM after. No, uh, it depends on this. Like what's sent. If you. I mean, if you're very clear about, like, what you send in your message and it's just, like, red, then it's like, all right. But if it was, like, I don't know, I might respond to a post you make on your story. No, no, for sure. I'm, I'm for sure the kind of do the respond off a post. Or, like, I do a lot of, like, Snap. Like, I love Snapchat and I love texting, so I'll text or Snap them. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of chicks think I'm hitting on them when I post, like, I hit them on Snapchat. But it's like, no, like, if I snapped you and I have my shirt off, it's not because I'm trying to, like, turn you on. It's because I literally don't wear clothes in my apartment and I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I like fam. Like I have a studio. Like my bed is my couch. I'm not wearing a shirt in bed. Like it's just not gonna happen. So like if it makes you uncomfortable, like we could just like text, like whatever. Or like no offense, like I'm totally the dude to like find um, a pic of yours that I really fuck with after I like a couple and send it to be like hard eye emojis. Like yo, this shit is fire or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> something I mean, along I, that line. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of guys go about it. I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with it, but that's just, you know, how I, I go about it. And it's also, I mean, you know, kind of right off the bat, if it's gonna, if you guys are gonna advance or if you're not gonna advance, will they respond or not? Thousand percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I especially do that when I post, when you know you post a fire picture. That's definitely when I, you know, she's about start. to pop off. Yeah. Like when I won, uh, like I, I don't know, like I hate 
when I bring this up, but like when I fake won that Emmy, yeah, I would like the few days after, and that was my most recent picture. Like I was definitely hitting a few. <laughs> I was like, listen, because the, they're gonna open it up, and the first thing they're gonna see is like, damn, this dude's looking fresh haircut in a tuxedo, holding an Emmy. Like, shit's fire. Yeah, shit's fire. Like, so then you gotta hit them. But yeah, I I definitely say social media. Is my uh, go-to. That's fucking hilarious, though. <laughs> the amount of people who like actually like thought I won was retarded. <laughs> like, like the cat. First off, I said like, like pays off to be Brad Pitt stunt double. Like, I always do a dumb caption. That's just what I do. Yeah. One, I don't look anything like him. I'm too tall. Like, he wasn't even nominated, and people were just like blowing my phone up. Like, I got a DM from a girl who I know joke haven't talked to since. Eighth grade, which is eight years ago. Yeah, I mean, just so many people thought I won. It was just ridiculous. Like, nah, you guys are bugging. Nah, people wild out for real. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, it's funny, but it's also like it, it's what makes life interesting. So it's like, fuck it, let's go with it. Yeah, that's what I was. I was like, fuck it. Like the first person said, "Congrats." I'm like, yeah, like I'll roll with it. Like whatever. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not gonna see her lie to people and be like. Oh, like, if they ask me, like, truthfully, like, hey, did you win? Like, I'm not, like, fuck no. But I, I rolled with it, and it was so funny that night. There was, like, 80 people were like, I knew you'd always be big. I'm just like, ah, come on. Dude. You know that shit wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, come on, like, really? Like, I'm posting stuff from Cleveland State nonstop. Like, listen, if I, if I won an Emmy, I'm not gonna be... Popping up at CSU. I'm not gonna be at the Cleveland State wreck every other day. No. No. But yeah, that's funny as fuck, though. Um, I actually got to hop out, so I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. If you have anything to plug, just plug it real quick. Plug it real quick. Uh, I have a clothing line, Nuisance Attire. Uh, I feel like my designs have been getting better and better. It's like a streetwear-based brand, just graphic hoodies, shorts, t-shirts. I think, I mean, it's really picking up some traction. I finally got it on a little celebrity, you know. So I think it's, I mean, it's worth checking out. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, but that's my one plug. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I saw that tweet that you wanted people to come on, and I had to hop on it instantly. Nah, for it, sure. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. I didn't think, I was nervous going in. Like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. I'm like, damn, like, am I going to be good? Is it going to be fun? Like, but no, it was a blast. Uh, thank you for having me on. No problem. Uh, make sure uh, you can follow uh, Anthony Anthony Turk. Uh, you could probably find him off my Instagram. If not, um, Anthony, what's your handle on IG? Ant- Anthony M. Turk. Uh, real basic, can't mess it up. So feel free to throw me a follow. Like I said, your boy's single, looking to mingle. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not a bad looking dude, lady. So you know, don't Th- be afraid to shoot your shot. <laughs> All right, thanks for having or thanks for coming on. Uh, Thanks for listening today, everyone. Uh, Make sure you stay genuine this week and have a great week. Peace.